Good morning, everybody, and welcome to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. This is 651 Sports Update. I am your host, Mike Resendez, and joining me this morning is the one and only Eric Erickson. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Mike. Happy to be here after a week like no other. I mean, we've had a teacher strike. We've got a global pandemic. We've got no sports. So I guess we'll just talk about what's happened, how it's being handled, and take a stab at what it all might mean going forward. We got March Madness with no madness centered no madness. around basketball. Yeah, no, it uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week, like you said. A lot of things that are out of the ordinary um, happened. A lot of things that are out of the ordinary uh, will continue to happen since uh, nobody really knows any answers completely yet. Um, we're going to try to do our best. Like you said, a lot of sports are canceled, so we're going to have to pivot uh, a little bit to use a sports term. And uh, it's a good basketball term to use because today at 1010, I have Coach Larry McKenzie coming on to join us. Um, I wanted to get the, you know, the, the thoughts of somebody who was affected by the cancellations of the section and state basketball tournaments. Um, and uh, Coach McKenzie stepped up, and uh, we will get him on, and we'll talk about uh, his team, Minneapolis North. Uh, we've talked about North occasionally over the past couple of years on this uh, show, usually about football or basketball. They frequently beat our St. Paul City teams in football and basketball, yes. That's been the source of our discussion. <laughs> right. So we'll talk to him. Uh, we'll get to know uh, what it was like to, to get the news um, yesterday. I'm sure the writing was on the wall uh, with him as they started canceling events um, on the high school league level. Um, and then uh, we'll also talk to him about his team, and we'll get his thoughts on that as well. If you want more information on WFNU, please visit WFNU.org. You can find us there on our website. We're streaming live 24-7 there. Um, as of now, we do not have any plans to cancel any shows on the radio station we will uh, remain open we also have uh, capabilities to pre-record shows and get them on so uh, please continue to listen to us um, and uh, we will have any important information as well uh, we will deliver to you you can also find us on facebook uh, twitter and instagram so if anything urgent needs to come out we'll get you that information as well I think we're going to have a good show. I think it'll be a nice balance after Coach McKenzie. I, I understand you want to talk to me about Washington, D.C. and I do. educational news, and I'd be happy to share some of that. We're not going to solve any of the world's problems here today in our St. Paul studio, Mike, but I no. think we'll have some fun in our athletic and educational corner of the world and hope our listeners enjoy it. Yes, I believe they will. So Coach McKenzie will be on in about six minutes. So let's get going on what we have. So last week, actually the past couple of weeks, we've been off due to uh, work schedules and volunteer schedules at other events. So we're going to get you caught up on a lot of things. It's going to go back, uh, looks like, to February. So we'll 
we'll see what we can do. We'll start with girls basketball. Um, and uh, for girls basketball, I went back to March 3rd uh, in Section 4, 2A, when Concordia Academy beat Humboldt 69-38. to On March 5th, in the Section 3, 3A finals, it was Simley over Como Park. Eric, the uh, Lady Cougars had a, a great season, and they made it to the section finals once again. Good section tournament runs by both Humboldt and Como. Humboldt making it to the uh, Section 4 AA semifinals before they were upended by Concordia. And Como came oh so close to state. That was the section final in Ford AAA. Simley was outstanding. They were truly impressive. They were big. They were experienced. They started four seniors. They were a tough team. And from the Cougars, excellent effort in that game. Their run to the section final was special and twin cities champions six years in a row st paul city champs six years in a row and this is all with the team starting five sophomores right i was going to say the youth on that team is going to be uh fun to watch over the next couple of years uh coach gray's got things uh, locked down over there uh talent wise and she knows how to utilize that talent so it'll be fun to watch over the years in boys basketball on March 4th at, in the uh, Section 4-3A uh, basketball tournament, it was Minnehaha Academy 107, Como Park 43. Uh, in Section 4-4A, it was Creighton 83, Central 69. In Section 3-3A, it was Holy Angels over Harding 83-61. to South St. Paul over Highland Park 68-52. And in Section 4, 3A, it was St. Anthony Village, 73, Johnson, 66. On March 5th, it was Humboldt over Hiawatha Collegiate, uh, 65-52. to 52. And it was Washington over Metro Schools College Prep, 84-75. to 75. And on March 7th, it was Twin Cities Academy over Washington, 86-61. to 61. And St. Croix Prep defeats Humboldt, 81-43. to 43. In the end, it was Central and Johnson tying for the St. Paul City Conference title. Just one loss for each team in City Conference play. That was to each other. So both the Minutemen and the Governors finished 11-1 and co-champions. They've both been to many Twin Cities title games. But in the case of a tie, the honor goes to the team who hasn't been there as recently. So with Central... Representing last season as city champs, Johnson hosted this year's Twin Cities title game versus Minneapolis North and Coach McKenzie. Close game, 86-79 in favor of North taking the Twin Cities title. As you were saying with those section playoffs, our St. Paul City teams, they had some tough matchups, and it was five of the seven teams fell in the first round, Mm -hmm. including Central to Creighton, and Johnson to St. Anthony, as you reported. Washington and Humboldt notching those first-round wins in Section 4A before going out in the quarterfinals was was fun for those schools. Right. All right, and we'll talk to Coach McKenzie about that uh, game against Johnson as well since we'll have him on here in just a little bit. Uh, We're going to go over to boys hockey on February 18th in Section 4, single A. SPA defeated Highland Park 6-1. On February 21st, it was SPA over Johnson 5-2. So SPA was starting to uh, take down the St. Paul uh, City teams there. And on the 26th, uh, SPA gets upended by South St. Paul 
uh, by a score of three to two in overtime. Great season for the governors of Johnson. Disappointing loss in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, I guess it would be a the Highland game was the play-in game at eight. Uh, well, that was a seven ten, is what that was. Right. So maybe technically second round, but the governors were good enough to make a deep run. But it was one of those nights when they faced off against St. Paul Academy. SPA is good, certainly no slouch as a seven seed. And Johnson was the two seed, but they were pretty evenly matched. People in the section know what's balanced. And with that situation, you could kind of throw the seeds and the rankings out. The end of the dream season came quicker than anyone wanted for Johnson, but there's no denying their success, no denying their work ethic. They end up with a record of 19-7. and seven. Highlights and memories and a foundation to keep going forward. So Johnson with another great season, a pretty special season, one which is chronicled on Fox Sports North, the uh, dream state. So congrats to them on their season. Coach McKenzie is on the line with Hello. us. Good morning, Coach. Good morning. Hey, Coach, this is Mike Resendez. I have Eric Erickson in studio with me uh, right now, and uh, we're happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. All right, for those of you that don't know Coach McKenzie, and we're talking to him for the first time, so it's great to meet you. Uh, he is the head basketball coach of the Minneapolis North Polar's boys basketball team. Coach McKenzie is also an author, educator, motivational speaker, and has won more awards than Meryl Streep. I took a look at your website, so I <laughs> <laughs> had to see the list. In uh, 2017, Coach McKenzie became the first coach in Minnesota high school basketball history to lead two separate schools to multiple state titles. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, you are on today because we wanted to get the perspective uh, from a team and a, and a coach uh, that was affected by the cancellations of the section and state basketball tournaments because of the uh, COVID-19 virus that is going around. Uh, you were scheduled to play Blake last night uh, in St. Cloud. Um, did you have a feeling that the tournaments were going to get canceled based on the actions the high school league took the day before? Well, honestly, I, I'm going to tell you what, what I had talked about um, I thought that they would allow us to play the section game, you know, and this is what I had discussed with our staff. And, and, and to be honest with you, that's, to me, I mean, you know, I guess the disappointment was was uh, a little bit bigger because I thought we would play the section game. I knew that the chances of us playing the uh, state tournament was very slim based on all everything that had happened. Uh, so, um, you know, so just getting that news yesterday was quite a blow. Yeah, and they allowed some teams to, to play the night before to get some of the other section games uh, completed, but they were limited to uh, how many people were allowed in the gyms. Um, how did you prepare your, your seniors uh, uh, when the news came down? What did you say to your seniors when the news came down that uh, well, the game well, was canceled? Well, so when we, when we heard the news, uh, our principal – immediately gathered all of our kids uh, in the auditorium. Um, I was outside the, the building in, in, in another meeting. She called and uh, asked how soon could I get to the school. I, I was there. And so we didn't just meet with our seniors, but we met with, with all of our kids. And, and basically, you know, the message was, I mean, first of all, I mean, we have to, as challenging as it is, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm 
very honest about it. I told our kids, uh, you know, I'm 60 plus. Uh, I uh, I'm a type two diabetic. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, so I'm one of the folks that, you know, could, could pick it up. Also, my mom, who's 82 years old, was visiting in town, who came in to watch the tournament and had been to the game on Wednesday night. So, so you know, some of those health concerns in, in terms of older people, you know, I mean, I, I have to listen to that. So that was one thing. But, you know, life happens. And so but that was my main message to my kids. That life happens. I mean, this was one of those things that's beyond your control. You can only control what you can control. And so, uh, and as I told them, I mean, the thing of it is, I mean, as much as that we wanted to play, I mean, we didn't, we walked in, it, it was a game that was being stopped. It wasn't the end of the world. And so we had to think about it from that perspective. We had to think about, you know, that this, if, if particularly if, the NCAA, the NBA, you know, billion-dollar uh, organization, the industries, if they were making any decisions, that it really had to be in their best interest, something that we probably wouldn't understand right now, maybe not next week, maybe not next month. But in the end, right now, uh, you know, the, the main thing is uh, we won on Wednesday night. And so from my perspective, you know, I mean, our last game play, we were winners. And, I mean, we don't get to determine, you know, uh, we, we won't get to determine whether or not we're state champs this year. But, you know, the fact that we were having a meeting yesterday in itself was special because there were only 16 other teams, right, uh, around the state that didn't get to play on Friday night to uh, make it into the state tournament. So, so you know, we were one of uh, 32 teams uh, in, in the state on the boys' side. Uh, that had to address their kids, and that in itself was special. So I, I just tried to take a positive spin with it, you know, because that it was life. Life happens. There are things, uh, you know, in my life. I mean, you know, you walk in, businesses are, uh, you know, departments are being eliminated, jobs are being eliminated. Uh, there are things not just now but later in life that will happen that you will have no control over. And the thing about it is, it goes back to one of the things that I talk to my kids often about, right? It's not uh, the matter of the circumstances. It's how a person handles the circumstances. And so uh, that was my message to my kids. Well, that's a wonderful message, Coach. It's uh, clearly a life lesson and a reality check. And the fact that you personalized it with your age and uh, your diabetic condition and, and your mom, I think those have to be really um, good points for your kids to check in with and get some perspective on. So congrats on that messaging. And I know it would have been nice for you to get some closure uh, with a game on Thursday night and hoist that section championship trophy with your guys, but you put everything in the right uh, frame of mind for them, and, and uh, we really uh, are impressed and, and respect that. How many of your players on this year's team have made it to state in basketball with with you some other year? Were there any that have been there before? Yeah, so, so, you know, we, 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 we obviously we finished second last year. We lost to Minnehaha in the uh, state championship. And so the ironic thing is, you know, this year we had a fairly young team. Uh, so we started uh, three sophomores, a junior and a senior who were playing his first year organized basketball. I mean, he was a football player that joined us to play his senior year. 
So we, but most of my bench last year, my bench was primarily made of those freshmen. So we had, uh, we had like five or six guys who had, who got to, you know, didn't get to play, but got to be part of the process uh, last year. And so, you know, and, and it was interesting as we were meeting, I mean, that was the thing that they had talked about, you know, in their disappointment is like last year they watched, you know, as the seniors and they had been part of that journey. And, you know, all last summer what they had talked about is getting ready to, you know, do the same thing, uh, particularly my group, group of sophomores who were very close. I mean, they talked about, you know, there was their chance. And so, you know, the, the, the disappointment of having such a good year and, and not uh, getting an opportunity for closure. Yes. Now, let's be clear with our listeners here. You, you guys were going to win that game last night against Blake. <laughs> well, and and well, you, were, you were going to go to the state tournament, and your path was pretty wide open, right? Your, your path was you're ranked number one in Class 2A. Is that correct? No, we were actually ranked number four. Okay. But, 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 but nonetheless, I mean, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, when I look at our schedule, I mean, every, uh, with the exception of Lake City, uh, I, I think in St. Croix Prep, you know, every team that we play, uh, all, all of our losses, all of those teams that already qualified uh, for, you know, the state tournament, that being, you know, Caledonia, Minnehaha, Hopkins. And, and, and so we felt fairly confident yesterday, I mean, in terms of that game, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and yeah. no disrespect to – our potential opponent last night, but we were really, very confident that we, and, and I'm going to be honest, I mean, again, this, you know, might sound fairly arrogant, but having been there a few times and just knowing the makeup of this team, I really felt like this was a state championship team. Yeah, my point. You know, watching them grow, watching them grow over the season, I, I really felt like we had a great chance. Yeah, and to not have that opportunity to show that on the biggest stage is is clearly disappointing for the kids. And um, yes. we, I just wanted people to understand, you're not just one of 32 teams left at the end of the year. You're, you're in the elite top-notch level of competing on that championship Saturday for a state title. And so um, th- thanks for your leadership in, in helping your kids cope with that. Mike's got a, another question for you. Yeah, so uh, usually when we talk, we talk about St. Paul sports on this, this show. It's a St. Paul uh, show. Um, but we do bring I know, up, that's, I, and let, let me just say that. I mean, I, and I'm aware of that. I mean, I kind of, you know, went and with you guys, and so I am extremely honored uh, to be your guest today because I, I know most times, uh, you know, you you, you don't uh, talk about teams on this side of the river. Well, you keep beating our teams on this side of the river. You know, you you go visit Vern Simmons over there at Johnson and take it to your friends. So you know, I, I guess well. We'll, we'll settle for Coach McKenzie from Minneapolis North today. So, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, going to be part of my question. So, we usually bring up Minneapolis North for the uh, on the basketball side of things for the Twin Cities game. So, you beat Johnson uh, this year. I was wondering if you could just give us some thoughts uh, on that game um, and and how did it go for your team and and uh, what are your thoughts in general on the Twin Cities game that uh, is a tradition in every sport between Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah, you know what? So, I mean, while while we're talking about this, to be honest with you, I, I um I, I'll share this on the air. I mean, 
you know, when I when I, I it's it's one of those games that I put on my schedule that we look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one you can only play in it. That means you have to be conference champ. So it's been one of my goals for the you know 17 years that I've been blessed to to coach in the Minneapolis City Conference, whether it's been at uh, North or during my time at Henry. Uh, I, I think it's big for both sides of the river in terms of city basketball. I, I wish at some point that we would look at expanding it and making it more like the, you know, Big Ten ACC challenge right. kind of thing uh, that we would think about down the road for those folks that make those decisions. But, you know, uh, so, so first of all, honestly, um, St. Paul Simpson came into our gym last year. We had a pretty good team. Uh, we blew a 20-point lead. They came back in won that game down at the buzzer, so I was looking forward all year. Uh, kind of I follow, you know, the the, the teams all both Johnson and Central all year, you know, hoping that Central would uh would win the conference, but uh when we realized that we were playing Johnson, so first of all I have the utmost respect uh for Coach Vern Simmons, been knowing Vern for a number of years and uh you know, I just think uh not not only for what he's done for that program for Johnson on the court, but I respect the work that, that Vern has done off the court yep. and the number many lives that he's impacted. So, you know, and so going into that game, I mean, you know, uh, we, we as, as you look at our teams, I mean, we we both play similar uh, styles of basketball. I knew that they would have some athlete. And, and so for us, uh, you know, we wanted to take advantage of the – you know, we we had two big guys. I mean, so Devon Townley Jr., who's a six seven junior. You know, very athletic. And then, as I said, Contrell Travis, uh, Contrell Jameson Travis, our football player, six five. You know, two forty, who had twenty seven points and wow. uh, fourteen rebounds in that game. And so, you know, we we had kind of a twin tower thing going. <laughs> so we were just going to keep pounding the ball on the inside uh, until it worked. And, of course, you know, they also had, you know, they shot the ball fairly well from the three-point line. So that kind of kept them in, in, in the game. But, you know, we went in with the game plan, I mean, particularly knowing that they did not have, you know, they had one big guy, uh, but they would have some problems with our two big guys. And that's where we wanted our focus to be. And that's where our focus was. And so we were able to come out uh you know, with uh, with Twin City Championship. And and like I said, I mean, you know, for us, uh, as somebody who's been involved with City on both sides of the river, I just think it's an important game. It's an important rivalry. Um, You know, used to have a lot, a lot of luster, luster, and we've lost a little bit of that, but we want to try to get that back. Oh, man. I'm surprised to hear you say it's lost a little luster. I understand the gyms may have been a little bit more overpacked back in the day, but it is such a great game that everybody looks forward to. And I, I um, teach and coach at Como Park, and I do the announcing for the Como Park uh, girls games. And so we hosted the Twin Cities game this year against Minneapolis South. And, yeah, it's just such a it, – it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It, and, it really is, yes. And yes. on both, both genders on both sides of the river, it's, it's super fun. So, I, I, And thank you. I had forgotten that uh, Central actually won that game last year. So, so yeah, I, I can yeah. understand why you might have had Central marked on your calendars. <laughs> Maybe next year. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe next year. Yeah. All right. So, Coach, you, um, like I mentioned in the in the intro, you are an author as well. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your book and uh, what is it about? 
Well, the, the, the name of the book is called Basketball Much More Than Just a Game. And, and really, I mean, I'll give you the quick commercial. It, it's, it's really about 10 life lessons based on basketball that, that I've learned. And when I wrote the book, it's a really small, easy to read, kind of simple book. And it was written more for kids and honestly a lens of trying to message some things to to single moms. I mean, many of the kids that I coach, you know, come from backgrounds where uh, there is no father in the house. So just trying to give some materials to help them understand the game and the process. So uh, the B stands for it's, it's letting uh, kids understand that this is a business. And, you know, and, and that's the reason why uh, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, they invest so much around grassroots basketball. You know, coaches get paid salary. It's about winning. And ultimately, you know, they in, their investment in you, even as a you know a scholarship, they want to return on the on the investment. So it's a business. The A is learning to appreciate the people in your life. The S is uh, the importance of being a student athlete, not an athlete only. Uh, being a student athlete, and in that chapter, I tell my kids, or I talk about the most important stat that you'll have. It's not how many points you score, how many rebounds, how high you jump. It's called ACT, SAT, GPA. Uh, K, the importance of knowledge of the game. All of the greats study those who have come before them. Uh, the more knowledge you have, which equates to basketball IQ, the better player you're going to be. E is about uh, enjoying the moment. Uh, and, and, and one of my seniors said something yesterday. He, he said, as we were having that meeting yesterday, he said, leaving it all on the floor now have a new meaning for him. Right. Because Wednesday night, you know, who would have known that Wednesday night would have been the last opportunity to play high school basketball? You know, and, and so E is that. It's about enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, the T is about being teachable slash coachable. The B is believing in yourself. The A is your attitude determines your altitude. Uh, and in that, I talk about my creed that I do every day with my kid. The L is live to love and love to live. And so it's basketball much more than just a game. Outstanding. Awesome. And that's available on your website, coachmckenzie.com. It's available on my website and Amazon as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Coach, uh, I want to thank you for coming uh, coming on today and uh, talking to us about uh, the perspective from a, a team uh, whose games were canceled, but also talking about uh, your program. Uh, it's been a it's been an honor for me to talk to you uh, as well because you've been a, a coaching legend around here for a while. So I'm glad we've we've had the opportunity to have you on. Well, uh, and and definitely an honor for me because, like I say. Uh, Today is another first, first Minneapolis coach to come on to your show. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, add, add that to my list of honors. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Congrats on your season, Coach, and thanks for all your work. Keep up the good work going forward. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Coach Both McKenzie. of you. Have a great day. Yeah. You too. Thank you. All right. That was Coach Larry McKenzie of the Minneapolis North Boys Basketball uh, team. I want to thank him for coming in and talking to us. Uh, and giving us some perspective uh, from uh, his team's side. 
Yeah, that was uh, fun to get that perspective and inspirational as well as a coach. I listen to him and nod my head and say, yep, yep. And I hear a number of things I've said to my kids over the years about controlling what you can control. And he definitely grounded them with the right um, frame of mind to um, navigate their season, uh, the, the uncertain days ahead with um, COVID-19. Uh, I, I think they are blessed to have such a great leader and have such an important uh, influencer in their lives. All right, so that begs, me, begs the question for me to ask you, are you working on a book? I'm working on some newspaper articles. All right. Well, there you go. (laughs) And we'll talk about those here in just a second. So now that we've had Coach McKenzie on, we're going to go back to what we were doing, which is talking about uh, scores and stats, getting you caught up on everything um, that had happened uh, since our last time we were on. I haven't been on the radio uh, since the last time you were on, Eric, so we're catching everybody up. Uh, the time is now 10:29. You are listening to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. You're listening to 651 Sports Update. Uh, I'm Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is with me today. If you missed any part of the show, including uh, just our previous interview with Coach McKenzie, you can catch that um, on the podcast that will be available later on today. Okay, let's get back into it. Uh, gymnastics. We had uh, a, a very, uh, we talked about this when you were on last time, so it was a, a big uh, state uh, meet this time around because Highland Park qualified as a team to get uh, in there. Um, that meet uh, took place on February 21st and 22nd. Uh, and Highland Park was competing in the Class Single A meet, and here are the team results. Uh, it was Big Lake, Purim, Watertown Mayor, uh, Mankato West, Worthington, Pine Island, slash Zambroda Mazeppa, Wilmer, and Highland Park. Your individual results uh, were as follows. Uh, on the floor exercise, taking fifth place was Lucy Lipscomb. Uh, India David took 46th. On the beam, uh, Lucy Lipscomb uh, took 16th. Lily Boyd finished 35th. India David finished 40th. And Anna Rayfeld finished 43rd. On the bars, it was Lucy Lipscomb taking 15th, India David 41st, Lily Boyd 45th, and 46th was Carol Cross. In the vault, it was Lucy Lipscomb uh, finishing 14th, India David finishing 46th. In the all-around, Lucy Lipscomb finished 8th, and India David finished 22nd. So congratulations uh, to those participants and to Highland Park as a team uh, competing in the gymnastics state meet. For sure. They've been a great team for a long time, but this was the year they were finally able to punch their ticket through to the state meet, and they represented the city and their section very well there, high-level performances, as you reported. So congrats to Coach Kathy Balzart and all the girls in Highland Gymnastics on your first-ever state meet appearance. That's right. We're going to uh, go over to wrestling because the state uh, tournament took place. Um, there was a Como Park uh, wrestler, so I didn't grab everything um, from every uh, participant. Um, but, Eric, I know you can tell us a little bit more about uh, the wrestler that participated in the 113-pound weight class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will start with Class uh, 2A in the quarterfinal match at 106 pounds. Uh, Cash Raymond from Sibley, or Sim Lee, excuse me, defeated Lu Yang of Johnson in a uh, major decision, 10-1. to In the wrestlebacks, it was Kale Geyser of Thief River Falls defeating Lu Yang uh, by decision. 
in the 132-pound class. In the wrestlebacks, it was Jerry Symes of Dassel Cocado defeating Sonny Sukchaloon uh, of Johnson 4-2-0 in a decision. Uh, in Class 3A, in the quarterfinal match, it was Zach Hansen of Lakeville defeating Lala A of Central by pinfall. In the Russellbacks, Jackson uh, Kenning, Kenning excuse me, defeated Lala Ang of Central uh, by pinfall. Congrats to all those St. Paul City wrestlers. It's a fun tradition in late February, the St. Paul City sending individuals to the state meet. It stays alive this year with eight wrestlers from four different city schools, at the XL Energy Center, Johnson, Como, Humboldt, and Highland represented at the X. There were actually two Como kids. Two Como, And okay. that would be Blaypa Pa in the 113-pound um, division, and then Sully Lucy. Uh, I'd have to look it up to be exact, but he's a heavier weight, about 182, somewhere around there. So Sully Lucy and Blaypa Pa from Como, and then the other athletes you mentioned from Humboldt, Highland, Johnson. Great showing. You know what's remarkable about that? The, the schools I just mentioned who made it to state to, with individual qualifiers. What's that? None from Washington. No, you're right. The city champs, great credit to their balance and depth. They were the undefeated city champions. They made the team section final, but no superstars making it to state as individuals. Just consistency up and down the lineup. So says a lot about the depth right. of that program. Wow. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. I didn't, even, didn't see anybody from Washington. All right, over into swimming and diving. Uh, we had a uh, state qualifier from the Highland Park SPA team um, on the Class 2A side of things. Uh, Jacob Wahlberg uh, in the 50 freestyle finished 16th, in the 100 freestyle finished 12th. In the Class A, uh, 2A diving, excuse me, uh, in the preliminaries, um, there was no uh, state qualifier that got out of the preliminaries, um, but Tanner Aziz of Highland Park uh, did participate in the first round of the diving competition and finished with a final score of 138.2. St. Paul City swimmers making it to state is quite a streak, too. Just uh, the pair from Highland SPA this season, but we say well done. Congrats on getting there, and thanks for representing the St. Paul City Conference at the state swim meet. All right, so when, uh, we'll come right back, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the effect on the sports that uh, the COVID-19 virus has had uh, here and nationally. Hey, Twin Cities. Do you or someone you know have music you think is excellent and should be added to the WFNU music rotation? Well, you can upload clean local music to us at www.wfnu.org contact. Find the link that says Music Submissions and click to fill out the WFNU Music Submission Form. It's free, and it's as simple as uploading music to your favorite music streaming websites. Again, the web address is www.wfnu.org contact. WFNULP proudly broadcasts on 94.1 FM here in St. Paul, serving the greater Frogtown area. But did you know if you were outside of our listening area, you are able to get WFNU anywhere you are? All you have to do is download the WFNU app to your mobile device or tablet. Just go to where you get your mobile apps and search WFNU. Frogtown Community Radio will be there wherever you are. Do it today. All right, we are back. You're listening to 651 Sports Update on Frogtown Community Radio. 
I am Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is with me in studio. Yes, I am. And uh, we just went over the scores and stats uh, since the last time you and I were on. And uh, we also had our interview with Coach Larry McKenzie of the Minneapolis North Polars. And we talked about uh, the cancellation of the section tournaments. They were scheduled to face uh, Blake last night uh, in St. Cloud. Um, and in the morning, uh, word came down that the high school league uh, canceled uh, the remaining uh, schedule for the section tournaments on the boys' side and the state tournaments on the girls' side of things. Um, I, I heard yesterday on a different radio station that um, they canceled when they made the decision to cancel the state games, there was actually a game going on, um, and they had to just stop play to, to uh, fulfill that obligation of canceling everything. But uh, not just here in the state, but uh, nationwide and worldwide, um, you know, games have been canceled or they've been being played uh, in fanless yeah. uh, stadiums. The NBA uh, suspended, Major League Baseball suspended, Major League Soccer suspended. PGA has started to postpone events. Formula One racing was the first one on the racing side of things to postpone events. I don't know if NASCAR has yet, um, but I'm sure they will uh, if they if they haven't yet. Uh, but across the board, NCAA uh, canceled March Madness, um, NCAA division. That was the big one. Yeah. That was the first huge reality check, like, oh, my, <laughs> we're done with March Madness, no right. tournament. And that's really been a, a trendsetter. And it's set off the chain reaction across all, when people have had to reevaluate, oh, yeah, if they're saying this, is not recommended by the CDC and the health services, then I suppose it would not be a good idea to gather even a um, couple hundred people in, in this sort of competition format. It's, it's going to be a, a contagion and, and we're going to see a big spread. So when the NCAA had the uh, guts or vision uh, to pull the plug on that massive event, that captivates a nation throughout March. Um, everybody else fell in line pretty quickly, and I think that's also led to uh, the government uh, looking at things from a different perspective, and of course our ed higher educational institutions as a whole, and now our K through 12 schools. So, quite the ripple effect, and. We'll have to wait. Maybe things have changed when we're off the air. We'll find out something else happened, Mike. Right. It seems like every day something else is either getting postponed, suspended, or canceled. Uh, you and I both have uh, students at uh, higher education institutions across the country. Um, two of my kids go to the U of M, and uh, their uh, spring break w was extended till Wednesday, um, and then they'll go online after that. But even the U of M sent out an email yesterday saying if you don't need to come back at all and we can do this online until April 10th and that's what they're encouraging. Um, some kids will have to go back and the dorms are open if they have to come back. Um, but the University of Michigan, I told you before we went on the air, canceled their commencement ceremonies for graduating seniors and if the U of M does that, that will affect um, our oldest as well. So that's, I'm actually going to be pretty bummed uh, if they cancel that because I mean it it's just as much for the parents as it is for the, the student graduating to see them walk across that stage. Valid point. Absolutely true. Yes. So um, are there any, uh, I know you you just came back yesterday um, to school after the strike ended, but what are they telling you about COVID-19 
um, plans on the St. Paul uh, district side of things? On the district side, they are saying that they are trying to ramp up and prepare for online learning. And that's tricky at the uh, elementary school level since there isn't sure. reliability on devices. Um, high school kids have iPads that have been issued, but then there are questions about accessibility, data, Wi-Fi, et cetera. It's very fluid, but the district is in many ways preparing us to be shut down from our buildings if a case is identified. There will be an immediate closing of a building for at least 24 hours for disinfecting and mm -hmm. uh, try to re-prepare the space. I'm sure there's also a contingency about shutting down as our neighbors have done, Wisconsin has done, right. uh, one of the Dakotas, Illinois. Uh, Illinois. So our neighboring states are uh, in the region are already saying no. And it's just uh, a very fluid situation where we'll all have to be adaptable and flexible and, and put safety first and err on the side of caution. But we're planning at this point going to school on Monday and seeing our kids and uh, having instruction live and in person. We'll practice social distancing. <laughs> the custodian team's top priority is disinfecting commonly touched surfaces, uh, more so than picking up the, uh, sweeping the floor with uh, a scrap of paper. Uh, they're going to be wiping down uh, door handles and um, faucet uh, sink handles and, and all sorts of commonly touched spaces. So there are plans being formed as far as myself being a teacher and a coach going to work on March 16th. We have been told we can proceed with athletic practices as long as they are limited to ourselves, no inter-squad scrimmages, no, no travel at all, all field trips suspended. But we can, if we're in school, we can continue the day with our uh, extracurricular activities, practices on site. Is that uh, did that affect any scheduled uh, meets or games? Uh, with I think what what is until April sixth or tenth for the high school league. Um, April sixth will be the day we return from spring break. Okay. So there are some badminton matches that will not be happening okay. that are already on the schedule. Uh, there's some softball scrimmages that won't happen that were already on the schedule. Track in particular. We don't have a meet until we return from spring break. Okay. I know some schools do, though. I know that uh, some of the other city track programs will have a non-conference meet before that. So done with those. Um, uncharted territory, Mike. Right. We don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. But and I, I'm preparing to be teaching Monday morning. All right. And I think uh, for this show, as far as this show is concerned, there'll be probably more phone interviews <laughs> I'm assuming uh, we won't be able to uh, to get out I'm not sure how um, I, I don't know the right word but uh, you know if I should be going out you know people are social distancing interviewing people in person but we can do it over the phone so sure. there's uh, all sorts of ways to get around that um, it, for you as a teacher inside of your classroom do you have enough Wipes, Lysol wipes, Clorox wipes. Hey, I'm eyeing over your shoulder. There's two huge, <laughs> two huge canisters of disinfecting wipes right there. I may uh, make off with them. No, no, I don't have enough at the moment. I haven't been to Cub uh, to see what the shelves look like. Uh, I don't know what they've secured for us, but right now 
there's a, a little bottle of hand sanitizer that's almost depleted in my room and and uh, uh, no no wipes at the moment so <laughs> that just so everybody knows too I wiped everything down with one of those you know took out a couple and wiped everything down here in the studio so at least for this hour everything is nice and sanitized so oh I feel comforted thank you yeah you're yeah. welcome <laughs> you can distract me later and take one of those <laughs> containers if you want <laughs> all right well let's uh let's switch things again um when you're on we usually talk como park news um and you took some of your students to washington dc before you left uh before uh, you left on the last show we talked about the preview of that trip um and uh let's talk uh what happened on that trip uh como news and then after that uh if we can get into some some strike talk as well and then uh, we'll have our our pro pick as well which we'll have to make a little uh pivot on that too okay well we'll see where this goes i i'll tell you about dc and welcome your your questions as follow-up but it was a good bit of luck we are talking about timing and these cancellations uh if our trip was scheduled this week we're not going if our trip was scheduled last week uh, we were getting called home early um it was a nice bit of timing that my AP government classes went to Washington, D.C. from February 23rd to February 28th. It was the 15th time that I've led this field trip uh, for my seniors. We had 27 kids in this year's crew. Overall, it was inspiring, educational, fun. Had a little bad luck, but I suppose uh, balancing it out, the best luck of all was just that that timing of being able to go before all field trips in St. Paul and pretty much I would assume across the state and nation are, are canceled. Much of the capital is shut down now too, but our experience just a couple weeks ago was pretty magical. First thing was we don't go there for the weather, <laughs> but if you get there and it's 55 degrees and sunny skies and you take a bunch of Minnesotans who have been cooped up and I take them on the subway and then we just pop out on the National Mall in 55 degrees sunny sky with the U.S. Capitol glistening in one direction and the Washington Monument in the other direction. It was heaven. Right. That's <laughs> my first welcome to D.C. as we, we get on the, the metro and then we subway in and you're going literally under the Potomac River at some point and you're in the dark and then you come out of the metro and up the escalator and, and we're there right in the middle of it all. And so that was a nice bit of good luck in the beginning and gave the kids time to walk around in the spring air and uh, explore the National Mall. I took them to the National Archives and showed them the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and uh, then gave them some time to pick a Smithsonian of their choosing. Uh, so it was a beautiful start to our week before we were active participants on the close-up program, which is this um, national exchange of students from different states coming together and doing some seminars, debates, discussions, and then doing a lot of study visits to the monuments, memorials, and museums together and connecting it to the process of our democracy. So all the monuments, memorials, some museums, the Supreme Court, Capitol Hill, Arlington National Cemetery, a funny play one night at the Kennedy Center Theater, uh, Smithsonian's Holocaust Museum, neighborhood visits, the seminars discussing issues with students from across the country, plus international this particular week, students from Panama and Puerto Rico as well. Nice. Congressional committee meetings, AOC speaking on the House floor, Lincoln's Waffle Shop, so much activity, go, go, go. 
and learning every step of the way. If I had to point out one bit of bad luck, it would be our meetings with our senators. I went to secure our times that were set up on Tuesday, the day before. Uh, I was taking the whole uh, group of students up there for our meetings, and I was informed by Senator um, Cory Booker's office that the Democrats were on a retreat. The, all the Democratic mm. senators were going to be on a retreat in Maryland on Wednesday, thus would not be able to meet with the students. And so that was called by Chuck Schumer, and <laughs> he wins. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that meant no meeting with Senator Tina Smith. Uh, that meant no meeting. The extra meeting I'd set up with Senator Booker's office and, and Cory Booker. I never thought we would see Senator Klobuchar this year because she was still campaigning at the time. Sure. We met with our Congresswoman, Betty McCollum. The meetings we had with the staffers from Smith's and Klobuchar's office were excellent, but it wasn't their senator. And so there's that a moment of having to tell the kids you're not going to see them. I'm not going to put it on the same level as Coach McKenzie saying <laughs> right. you're not can't play in the section final, but there's a little bit of, you know, there's right. nothing we can do about this. There is great value in what we are doing. If your greatest problem in the world is that you're here in Washington, D.C. with your friends on this amazing educational experience and you don't get to talk with an individual uh, while you're on Capitol Hill seeing how our democracy works, if that's your greatest problem in the world, your life's okay. And so we reset that. The good luck, you know, yin and yang, little balance here. The good luck is I take them into the House of Representatives gallery. And when you go into the House chamber, um, you never know what you're going to see. Most of the time, you don't see a lot of action because most of the real work of Congress is done in the committees and the subcommittees and in their offices. The House floor is where votes are taken. They're not voting all the time 24-7. They vote when needed. And oftentimes, you're seeing um, just somebody speaking for the congressional record. And the uh, process of making a statement on the floor of the House, it's, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. you know, it's in, in, and the congressman and the congresswoman can talk about what they said on the floor and share it with their constituents, social media, C-SPAN, et cetera. So the highlight for a whole lot of my kids, maybe maybe close to half of them that know about and admire Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She was um, sauntering up to the floor of the house, uh, to the podium, and some of my kids uh, started to think maybe they saw, and I knew who it was, and then I see them start to get eyes wide open. And the like, processing. Mr. Erickson, Mr. Erickson, AOC. I'm mouthing, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know, listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was like rock star sighting. And credit to my students for being aware and knowing the issues and knowing who they admire in the United States Congress. And they're seeing one of their heroes, not just on who she is and what she represents, but the legislation that she believes in, the Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. I have a number of students who are very passionate about the Green New Deal, the legislation, our environmental infrastructure, and combating our climate change and, and dealing with these issues head on. And she went to the podium and said that 
I want to read the Green New Deal because many people in our chamber have not even bothered to read the document, which is short, 14 pages, 14 pages laying out our plan and our agenda for addressing this global crisis we have with our environment and what we can do to stimulate the American economy and invest in our infrastructure going forward. I'm gonna read it now for all of you in the gallery and all of you across the nation who might be watching this on C-SPAN. And she goes ahead and we had other places to be on my agenda, but I just said, nope, nope, we are going to watch this to the end. And they saw a very um, passionate uh, delivery of the Green New Deal for 20 minutes on the House floor from AOC. And for those, the few that did not know who she was, we debriefed after they got the idea from looking around at their fellow classmates that this right. is a big deal That's and we right. filled everybody <laughs> in after. So that was, that was special. The other thing that was a really good example of um, my kids having a moment where they figure things out was I had scouted out a House committee meeting that I thought would be good. And, and it was, it was the House Appropriations Committee, Homeland Security, subcommittee meeting with the Secretary of Homeland Security. It was an oversight meeting, meaning the Congresswomen and Congressmen brought in Trump's Homeland Security Secretary um, to question him about the department's budget and current implementation. So the panel of congressional representatives are up there. I quietly opened the door in the back of the room. I had scouted it, like I said, and I usher all 27 of my students in. I've prepped them in the hall that, you know, there's enough open seats in the room. Um, it's sort of scattered, you know, about half full, three quarters full, but there's enough. Um, just walk up to them, know that you are allowed to sit there. This is a public hearing. Just take any open seat that's not reserved for the press. And we end up getting seated. Some of the kids are really close to Trump's guy, the witness, and, and they start observing the questioning, which is interesting. One group of congressmen and women are asking, about the treatment of refugees at the southern border, asking about plans to stop family separation, asking why we're not accepting immigrants up to our current quotas, and how can we improve the treatment, you know, as well as the efficiency for asylum seekers. And then the congressman from the other side of the panel ask, how's that wall coming along? How many miles did we build last year? Interesting. Need any more money for it? Pretty clear right. in determining which political party <laughs> each congressperson belonged to and what their policy priorities were. So after about 20 minutes of that, we left the room, we debrief in the hall, and it was one of those magical teaching moments where you know your kids get it. So the, the, I'm asking them, the representatives on the left advocating for humane refugee processing, what party were they? They say, Democrats in unison. And the ones on the right, wanting Republicans, well, there you go. You, you, you see how it works. The, the connection with these committee meetings and legislative oversight and priorities and appropriations with where our money goes and how it's spent, it all comes to a very neat summary of, of the democratic process on the committees in Congress right there in that 20-minute meeting. Right. That's awesome that they can see you know, government in action, uh, especially on you know on those trips. You you can read about it and talk about it in class, but to actually go out there and see it 
in action. That's something important to see. And it's such a visual thing, too. They'll never forget. They'll always right. connect with that. Yeah, and they have their, uh, like, I, I was just wondering uh, when you were talking, so when they come off that, that train, when you say, and they come out to the National Mall and they right. see all the monuments and they see the buildings, what are the looks on their faces like? Because <laughs> I, I can imagine what my own look would be. I would have to pause and stop and See, I have fun watching them. They're looking at the Capitol and the Monument and the National Mall, and I'm looking at their faces. Right. And it's very rewarding. Yeah. They're just awestruck. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that would be uh, something really cool to see myself. All right, the time is now 10.56 on Saturday morning. You're listening to 651 Sports Update on WFNU, Frogtown Community Radio. I'm Mike Resendez. He's Eric Erickson. Uh, if you're just tuning in now, you missed a heck of a show already. We had uh, Coach uh, Larry McKenzie of Minneapolis North on earlier. Uh, we went over some scores and stats. We just talked about the Washington, D.C. trip that Eric took. We talked COVID-19. <laughs> um, I think we covered everything. Oh, wait a minute. We have our pro pick. Pro pick. Pro pick. So we have about three minutes. So let's talk uh, quickly about uh, last month's. I believe it was yours that you picked, wasn't it? It was. Our pro pick from our February show was about the Minnesota Wild, a team that had just fired its head coach days before we did our show. The Wild season trajectory wasn't looking good. Now, of course, its season has stopped altogether, but not before we concluded a pro pick session, which was based on the Wild's 10 games from February 15th to March 5th. The pick was... How many points would the Minnesota Wild earn in those 10 games? Out of 20 possible points, would they earn over or under 10 and a half? You said you chose under. Under. In I'm fact, negative. <laughs> you went negative. <laughs> you didn't expect any spark from the coaches firing and a new leader. In fact, they got hot, Mike. They won six games earning 12 points they were over which meant misery for you and victory <laughs> for me it's a theme this year actually it was, it's been a theme for a couple of years <laughs> who am i kidding that uh it it just proves you know i've been motivating some of these teams just like you did a couple of years ago your pro pick motivated teams to perform better i'm motivating the teams this year to perform better because i don't think i've been positive in many of my choices this year. so Did you maybe win on the Vikings in the fall? Maybe, possibly? Maybe, but I think that's the only positive one that I've picked okay, so I'm far. I'm just trying year. to give you a little yeah. credit. Uh, big theme is that, yes, I have won more pro picks over our career uh, than Mike has. He has a losing record of 17 and 23, while I raised my record to 23 and 17. And for the record, uh, for about a season and a half, we were tied. So. We did have that. So this week, uh, to wrap up the show, there is no pro sports going on. We'll suspend it. Yeah, so we're going to suspend it uh, based on uh, everything else that's going on. So we'll we'll bring it back uh, hopefully when we meet again uh, in April. So at least I hope so anyway. We'll be here. Yep. Eric, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks. Thankful for our current health. Happy we were able to do our monthly show together. All right, everybody. Have a great Saturday. Uh, stay home if you must. Visit your local stores if you can, and we'll see you on the next 651 Sports Update on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio.